0: Hello, I'm Dom Hennequin and welcome to the final of our 2019 Oscar podcasts. I'm here today with uh, the cinema crowd, which is a um, a crowd of two of us. Uh, Chris Weinberg is here. Jemima Bucknell was going to be here, but her car broke down. And so Chris and I are here in my lovely shed uh, with a bit of plunger coffee <laughs> A couple of articles open, ready to bring home the Oscar season for twenty nineteen. Hello, Chris. Hello
1: Dom. We are committed to the uh, award season.
0: We are whatever going it takes. To get this done. <laughs> We're gonna get this done. Um, what a season it's been. It's felt long, hasn't it? Yeah. It's um but also short, like too short for us to record an episode <laughs> every week. I'll tell you that and record few We few apologize to film. our many fans. Yes, we apologise to the tens of you, Um, but I'm glad that we've kind of made it to do this final, you know, last dash of an episode, you know, the day before the Oscars are actually going to come out, um, and we'll find out who wins. Um, So I'm glad to be doing it with you
1: It's a, yeah, I think we're in for some some surprises tomorrow at the Academy Awards, and obviously it's been a a controversial season, to say
0: the least. Yeah. Um, But like... Controversy mainly, like uh, you know, I suppose you could argue it always is, but mainly caused by the Academy. Yeah, of their undoing, of their undoing, yeah, and ABC, the US the network that broadcasts it. Um, so it's sort of, and all of the controversies. Uh, mostly due to, you know, related to the broadcast, have been, you know, they're backpedalled on all of them. So it's been quite an interesting thing to watch.
1: Dom, I think it's the case that the the controversy stem initially from sort of the Academy facing this sort of existential crisis of the fact that fewer and fewer people are actually watching the Oscars.
0: Well, and this is like the strange thing watching broadcasting in general and old media in general jump and panic uh about things and change formats to to this kind of degree when it's kind of just like an inevitable thing that people that few and fewer people are watching tv like i don't watch a lot of actual broadcast tv and i doubt you know many other people of our generation do yeah apart from
1: i think probably the one bastion that's still left is live sport yeah, to like live sport,
0: a bit of live news now But aside from that, everything is um, you know, either gotten through an app yep. Like news is Or it's Netflix, it's uh, you know, whatever other streaming mm. services you have Not Amazon, to diminish the, uh,
1: the exemplary reality TV on Australian screens at the moment
0: Oh no, of course <laughs> yeah. what For our got? international view, <laughs> listeners, Married at First Sight It's the know, most, most talked about un-visible. show in Australia <laughs> Unmissable television, uh, yeah, and that's a lesson of how you get people... Exactly, maybe the Academy screens. could
1: incorporate some of the lessons from Australian reality TV if they want
0: to get more viewers. Exactly, like maybe you meet your next castmate live on stage and you have to decide whether to... And then you've
1: got to put the film on by the end of the... Yeah, and whoever everyone. is able
0: to do a convincing performance of the marriage um, wins the Oscar. Um, look, with... This is a real tangent we've got, listening... <laughs> Uh, so I thought today we'd start by going through a bit of a timeline of all the controversies that have happened along the way, and then we'll get into the categories and start doing our traditional, who will win, who should win, uh, through the categories. So let's get into it. Let's do it. So Oscars 2019 has been a real kerfuffle, as we have been saying. To put it mildly. And the New York Times has done a fantastic article summing it all up. Um, it's produced a, a timeline of the crazy things that have happened uh, throughout the year. And it's all kind of began at about this time, like the day after the broadcast last year, where they saw that it was a record low for the ratings, which again is going to happen. It's going to keep happening with everything. Yeah. Every year we're hearing, you know, the Grammys, the Tonys, every award show, almost every show, like evening news, most, you know, it's all declining. Yeah. You're in a declining market. It shouldn't be a surprise. Um, but ABC, the broadcaster have then gone to the Academy and said, look, you know, and they've been, they're a long time partner with the Academy Awards, but they've said, look, we don't want the show next year to go over three hours. Last year it went to about four. So that's the first thing that they're saying. Um, but then very soon after that, they also announced that they, uh, the Academy announces that they want to table a new award. To be in touch with the... The younger
1: generations?
0: To be in touch with the everyday people, (laughs) you know, who don't watch the Academy Awards, who don't even, you know... Who were sick and tired of the Hollywood elites telling them how to live their lives. Exactly. They won a populist (laughs) award, which, of course, was the most popular film category, which, as we mentioned maybe in the last episode of our show, Ethan Hawke did an interview with Vanity Fair at some point about it and was just like your award is the money. Like, if you're a popular film, like, that's your award. I think
1: this is is Jemima's comment back in a previous episode that, yes, if you're a a popular film that is not necessarily daring or critically um, complex, you get rewarded by getting a lot of people paying Mm -hmm. money at the box office. To see that, that's not to say that you can't have a commercially successful film that is also... Deserving Critically of acclaimed. yeah,
0: yeah, and I get it. Because... I mean, Avatar. Am I right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like the the Oscars. When you look at the history of it, it wasn't. It didn't used to be like this. Like you know, however problematic it is, Harvey Weinstein truly kind of was one of the figures that really turned it into this kind of art house appreciation uh, society uh, that it's kind of become. Like. Uh, and so and so that's what the academy is now most and, and that's sort of I think what they were trying to address is that most best picture nominees every year the general public a lot of them probably have never heard or seen of a lot of these exactly
1: films. well I mean has anyone really thought about The Shape of Water since yeah. it was
0: the best picture winner you know and after it won best picture like did anyone see it that had yes sort of already it was seen like it? I must now send this film yeah you know like Moonlight. Like honestly, how many people saw Moonlight? Even now, even, people should. People should, because they it definitely is should. But you know, like it, people have different ideas of what makes um, a good film. Like, I actually knew someone who saw Moonlight after it won the Academy Award, and was just like, "Yeah, I don't really like it. I don't really get it." And it's like, "Oh, it's not about liking it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not about yeah. enjoying it. Yes, you don't. You're not meant to feel about good watching that film. it. Yeah. So it's a different kind of thing. So I get where they're coming from for this, but." Again, it's something that's totally driven about, driven by um, wanting ratings, driven by wanting people, wanting the Academy Awards to seem relevant and people to actually want to watch it to find out whether Black Panther wins or not. Yeah, and to think, and I think part of the, pre- the part of the problem for the
1: Academy and the ABC is that they think the Oscars are different to any other kind of thing that's being put on television nowadays. When it's a an across the board problem. Yeah. That people aren't watching. Yeah. live TV. Yeah.
0: Um. I don't know, it's it's kind of like evolve or die, but it's sort of, I don't know, it's a bit of a weird way to evolve. Well, their proposed evolutions
1: certainly weren't Mm. all that well received over the last couple of months. No,
0: so that was August 8th that they announced that idea. By September 6th, they withdrew it. (laughs) Um, I believe the backlash was described by the New York Times as swift and virulent. It it was, indeed. (laughs) Um, December 4th, they announced that um, Kevin Hart will be the host of the Academy Awards, which at the time was viewed quite popularly um, Yeah, he seemed like a perfect fit And then, as seems to happen quite a lot these days Two days later, he announces he will step down Because people have gone into his Twitter history And found um, incendiary remarks about, you know, um, homosexuals yep. Homophobic remarks Yep For lack of a better term um, So he steps down He appears January 4th on The Ellen Show Ellen, a two-time host, is defending him Uh, but then an interview with Variety is posted and he's like, yeah, I'm not, it's over. I'm not doing it.
1: It just sort of snowballed to the point where no one felt happy about where it was, but it was too far gone that they couldn't. Sort of reset the situation and
0: exactly, and I think um you know the, and once you hear that the Rock was actually the original like Dwayne the Rock Johnson was the original choice to host, you're just kind of like oh okay I see. I thought he
1: was busy running for president. <laughs> <I> oh <don't> no,
0: <know. laughs> I see you know where they're going with this. Again, it's fitting into that kind of like we want to make the Oscars more populist. Um, yeah, we want more popular people, more popular films. Yeah, on there.
1: Um, although this reflects that if you look at their. Picks of previous hosts in previous years that they've oscillated between going back to something safe and known and sort of avuncular. I can't remember they brought Billy Crystal out of the woodwork a few years and ago. And I feel like
0: that was after Eddie Murphy or something. That was like after Kent. the Eddie Murphy, yep. Yeah, they seem to have a... It's a tricky... It's a such a thankless job, though. Yeah. Like, unless you're the host of maybe the Tonys where you get to, like, perform and you're usually from the theatre community or loosely related to it. Like, a lot of the time, hosting the Oscars can be a thankless job because everyone there is so serious about, like, I'm here to win. Like, I'm here, I'm nervous, I'm here, I want my film to win, I want to win, you know, my award. So I don't think people are quite in the most open mood for a lot of shenanigans. Yeah. I still feel
1: like... I mean, it is biased, but I still think Hugh Jackman did a great job back in the day when he hosted it. And, and maybe that old school Broadway charm. I remember Neil Patrick Harris. I think he, his he, hosting was reasonably well received.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think his hosting was well received, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But, but he started so many was. times at the Tonys. Yeah. he did. But in, he, in terms it was of really good the Tonys. Yeah, there was something I remember. There was a box. There was a box. That, yes, like, there was the magic he was trick. He trying and to all. get Octavia Spencer to like. Yeah. Look after. So it was a bit gimmicky. Yeah, it just didn't quite translate the same way. So I the think.
1: moral of the story is Hugh Jackman should be the permanent
0: host. Basically, of the I think they need a Johnny Carson-like character. Yeah. Like Johnny Carson seems to be many people's uh, ideal kind of host. He did mm. for like five years. Yeah. And it was all about kind of like, open up. I think Steve Martin describes it in the Johnny Carson documentary, which obviously I know too much about. Um, but, you know, it, it was described as... It opens up with, you know, the five minutes uh, or ten minutes of your best material yep. that you've got. And then you get out of the way Yes rest of the night. Just get out of the way. Yeah. Because you've got presenters, presenters.
1: And those little random bits and pieces here and there, it's very hard to have much of an impact with
0: those You're not going to make people laugh... In because you're not part of the show, really. Yeah. Like to make to make whatever you're doing actually seem like a cohesive part of the show yep. and a reason to watch. It's you know it's, And let's be honest, all that most of line. that
1: introductory segment is the host being like, "and hey, they're nominated, and let's clap for them a little bit." Yeah. Like, hey,
0: Lady Gaga's here, and like obviously the Golden Globes are a very different. Vibe, a different event. The fact that you could have Ricky Gervais come in and, you know, almost get cancelled every single second of his hosting of the Golden Globes, however many years yeah. he did it for. Um, and, you know, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler yeah. were a great example of... Um,
1: but that's because the Golden Globes are just more comfortable with drinking.
0: <laughs> and it's all about, like, the host seems to be there to kind of be like, let's not take ourselves too seriously. Yeah, Anyone in this room, we're all going to take you down a notch. We're all going to yeah. come at you. And it's going to be a fun night and let's drink a lot. And
1: I guess you've also seen the hosts have tried to like raise the stakes of their, um, bits or their like gimmicks in terms of like the Neil Patrick Harris,
0: um, the magic box. Yeah.
1: Was it last year or the year before Jimmy Kimmel with the, the random people that showed up and they were like,
0: uh, is that when they went to like the cinema? Yeah. And they thought um, they were watching a film. Yeah. 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 Like, like look, oh celebrities yeah. yeah look
1: at us being in touch with the common man. I know and woman. it's the
0: Oscars. It's everything but <laughs> anyway. You got all the most yeah. beautiful people in the world, richest people in the world. There yeah anyway. Look no, um, and of course it's the thirty year anniversary of uh, the Rob Lowe, uh host. Uh, not hosted, but the the last it's the last time. hostless yeah the last hostless Oscars. Have you seen that no. opening? It, it, it Explain needs to be to seen. Everyone at home, you need to go on YouTube. I think it's called the 11 Minutes That Ruined Roblo's Career" or Jeez. something like that. Um, it's fantastic, and it is the most bizarre thing that you'll ever see. It stars Snow White. Um, <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's already terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. and it's directed by um, the guy that directed Grace, uh, that produced Grace. Uh, very kind of flamboyant. And does this open character. the show. This opens the show, and yeah. it's an 11-minute, like, mind fuck. <laughs> it's the strangest, absolutely strangest thing that you'll ever watch. Um, and it really uh, was a real moment. <laughs> and that's the last time they went hostless, so I cannot wait to see what they do. Um, anyway, let's move on. So January 24, they report that uh, they announced that um, only two of the Best Original Song nominees are going to perform... There's quite a swift backlash against that Including by Lynn manuel Miranda uh, And so the Academy walks back the decision Announcing two more people will perform Two more nominated uh, songs, songs will perform uh, And then finally, you know Whatever the final song yep. is Will perform as well So yeah. again, they completely walked that so back So all
1: of these attempts to cut everything. back time yeah, Meet the backlash of people saying but that that's the tradition
0: Yeah, and so they just walk it back and then on uh, February 1st, uh, it's reported that Francis McDormand, Gary Oldman, Alice and Janney, Sam Rockwell haven't been contacted to appear on the show. Which again year. is
1: one of the great traditions of yeah the... Like um, the
0: previous Best Actress winner presents the Best Actor trophy, For the following et year. Um, it's just I still tradition. remember when um,
1: Daniel Day-Lewis accepted the award from Helen Mirren and he knelt down to... The yes. sort of mock knighted by the queen, Yeah. and only a, only a few people got it. And he's like, he thought he was pretty cool with that that moment. But yeah, it
0: was so oh and he <laughs> was. <laughs> um, Alice and Jenny tweets at this news that it breaks her heart. And then by February six, the uh, academy announces that all those presenters will be at this year's show. They might not be in the yeah. presenting. So the categories. question
1: then, Dom, throughout all of this, is what was the what is the academy thinking when they? Forecast or prognosticate one of these changes, do they not think about what the backlash would be and how obvious it is that the community would be quite resentful of these kinds of changes? Because I would have thought the reason why some people still watch the Oscars is for those yeah. traditions. Yeah. That the, there are people who still watch it to do a sweep with their friends and co-workers and all, or they do it to see the songs performed. Here's the thing.
0: The Oscars, I don't really understand why they are trying to bend over backwards for a TV audience. I know that they want to be relevant, etc., etc., but people are going to know who won the Oscars, whether they watch it or not. You know, they're going to know it five seconds after. They're going to be watching it, you know, on Twitter kind of unfold. They're going to read the New York Times you know recap afterwards of just like who won or well, they'll just google who won and it will come up as a snippet you yeah. know without even needing to go into any website like they gonna like, it still I, is relevant i had uh, the moonlight moment yeah. ruined for me oh. in that sense uh, by a colleague yeah. Yeah. who had it flash so up on his easy. phone
1: and then he showed it to me and i'm like yeah yeah well, and that's <laughs> of
0: course cuz here in australia the show airs like during the day, during the day on a monday and only those
1: privileged to work from home are able to... <laughs> yes, I'll be watching as I work from home.
0: Um, but, and so, you know, like, it's not all about the ceremony for everyone. And it never has been, I would argue. You but know? this,
1: Dom, doesn't... The, the, you haven't mentioned probably the most controversial thing that they proposed doing, which was actually cutting four of the awards and putting them during commercial breaks.
0: Yeah, and this was on Feb 11, they announced what they would be cutting. So they wanted to. So it had cut. been preempted that they were going to cut stuff. They were going to cut stuff. They we all knew that there was going to be you know some awards presented during the commercial breaks, um, and then it was announced what they were, and there's very significant things because they're significant kind of uh, precursors to who will ultimately yep. win best picture traditionally. Yeah, it's all kind of changed. Um, so what were the four? Cinematography, film editing, live action short, and makeup and styling. So, so those first
1: two kind of essential big. to make a good film.
0: They're pretty big predictors yes. of who will win Best yep. Picture. So And I think I saw someone on Twitter. That was where talked the swift about, and virulent Twitter nations came in.
1: Those four, someone went back and looked at what the significance of those four awards were last year and those people who won those awards last year. And so the big one was in cinematography. Roger Deacons finally won an Academy yes. Award after thirteen goes at it. Yeah. And Sure the average punter might not care all that much, but you can show us I'll bet that everyone in that room knew that that was such a big deal. Yeah. And, and you if would- that was and if- presented
0: during a commercial break. Oh. It'd be horrible. And um during the commercial breaks, apparently I've never been to the Academy Awards, but uh during the commercial breaks it's quite like, it's kind of pandemonium yeah. normally because people are running off to the bathroom. Yeah. people that you know, like it's, I think there's a
1: the story of Christian Bale being
0: locked out once so he couldn't watch <laughs> oh, his no. castmate receive her award. Oh, no, and he would have been raging. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been raging at that. Um, but it's okay, because on February 15, the Academy walked back those decisions yeah. as well. Now everything will air. And then there was a very kind of funny New York Times article that I read a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> With the uh, Donna Gigliotti, who's producing the Oscars this yep. year, uh, and they were asking her about all of these, all of these kind of <laughs> proposed cuts and then walkbacks, and then ABC still phoning her to say like, "Can we please have the broadcast be under three minutes, uh, three hours?" <laughs> and her being like, "Probably not, but let's we'll see what happens. We'll try." So I can't wait to see. How I'd long be actually it's interested to, to see someone
1: actually analyze well every single second what is happening in that time. Yeah. So you can actually see well, what is it that's taking up so much time? Like one thing that you know, what's one thing that takes up a lot of time? Those individual introductions of the best picture nominees. But again, that's part of it. That gives each film a moment in the sun.
0: And I've thought about that as well because someone was mentioning the other day that like the actors sometimes go over time in their speeches and stuff. But it's kind of like, well, no, 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 no. The things that will live on normally from every ceremony are people's speeches when they win. So don't be cutting those down, you know, they're already too short to begin with in some ways, which is why people go over. Um, and, but the introductions of, of, of segments and awards and all of that as well, I was like, could you cut there? And then it's kind of like, well, no, because yeah. you think of all the kids, like when I used to watch the Academy Awards when I was younger, you're you need, like, they're helping you understand what each of those categories are, what each of those roles yes. are in, make, in putting a film together. Yeah. So there's not really that much you can cut yeah. down. And just to recap on what you were raising before, I don't really think the Academy should be pandering at all to ABC because I'm sure yeah. that as a big live event that gets at least 20 million, you know, people, you know, watching in the US and, you know, whatever it is, like a billion people yeah. globally, NBC, CBS, you know, all of these other, Netflix, I'm sure any of these networks would be gagging to, yep. t- you know, take up um, the opportunity yeah. to broadcast the Academy Awards yep. if ABC doesn't want it. So I don't really understand why. Like, I get that they're trying to stay relevant and all of that, but, like, I think people will respect something that is relevant because of what it means yep. to the whole film industry, which is still huge. Yeah. still got huge meaning. Um... With that said, let's move on to our predictions for who will actually win uh, at the Oscars this year, and, it's and been who a, should it's win. Been a
1: tricky season for predictions. Yeah, it's been it really all has, over the, the place. last
0: month or so just kind of uh, completely flipped in some some categories. So this will be interesting, maybe, to get our views on what we thought would have been the front runner and what now and what we liked seems to be. Yeah. Why don't we start with the best picture nominees? All uh, right. And this, let's just do our first little check yep. of um, whether we, what we saw and didn't see. So nominated, we've got Roma, A Star Is Born, Black Klansman, Black Panther, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Do you see all those?
1: I'm, I'm gonna admit, Dom. I haven't yet seen Roma, <laughs> really. But I'm, I'm going to try and watch it tonight before the Oscars
0: tomorrow. Good luck. Look, I can because it's
1: him. on Netflix. It just you just know it's there. You know, you do not have to rush yeah. to see. I no, assume
0: see you watch it at some other point. I've actually seen all of these. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. Um, and what Roma. would you give the last place to out of the eight? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Yeah.
0: And we've talked about Bohemian Bullet Rhapsody. By Vice.
1: You're right. Okay, that's interesting.
0: Potentially. Um, yeah, definitely. We've Bohemian talked at Rhapsody. length about why we don't like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I don't like it in particular. And and this is the thing I think I said in the episode that we talked about it. Like, it's an enjoyable film. Yes, yes, yes. But um, as far as like for the Academy Awards, yeah. as far as like something, how, what it means in the... In the scheme, in the grand scheme of things, um, and what it brings to the art of filmmaking, there's not a lot there, yeah. and the, and it was sort of yeah, I don't know, the, some of the worst tropes for of uh, a biopic, mm. but it's insanely popular, not just in not just globally, but mm. like not just in you know eccentric European countries <laughs> um, and Australia, but in the US, it made a yeah. shitload of money. So I think um, it's now become more of a serious <laughs> contender than I ever would have. Um, well, the um, other thing the thing for. is, tom
1: there are three films in this group of eight that are based on real life stories. Yeah. So you've got Bohemian Rhapsody, you've got Green Book. Yeah. And you've got Vice, all of which have had their share of criticisms or questions about their...
0: Authenticity Or mm. their mm. Merit Or the style In which they've been created in So true Yeah yeah They, they all have And Green Book um, What's the controversy there There's some controversy Well Green about... Book
1: is It seems to be yet Another one of these films Where it's like Hey look at this white guy That's not racist Or has learned Not to be racist Yeah it's... There was a nice guy in the, There was a nice white guy In the 60s Let's There was um, one There was just, just the wasn't one was at the
0: start Of the film Yeah
1: He's learned Yeah Um So, look, I enjoyed Green Book when I saw it. It,
0: So did I. I
1: think it's actually quite an enjoyable film. But someone put it well. uh, I think one of the folks on the NPR pop culture podcast said, the best place to watch this is on the very tiny screen in the back of an airplane seat.
0: (laughs) That it's a perfect airplane film. It's a true kind of like addition to the uh, classic... Collection of Netflix uh, Oscar-nominated films, like not produced by Netflix, but sort of like the in that category. Old school, yeah, like you know, it's a Wonderful Life. You know, look yep. you know, who's coming to dinner. Uh, Great book, you know. It's it, it's 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 a Best Picture nominee if I've ever seen one. You know, it makes everyone feel good coming yes. out of it. Uh, it's got a little, you know, it's got a lesson. that yep. it's hitting you over the head with the whole time. But it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. <laughs> and you can, I cried in it as well. And it's lovely to see Mahershala yeah. Ali in something like that as well. And, and, and he's the hot so favourite, I think, to yeah. double up. Yeah. And you know, seeing him in Moonlight, which was so intense, and then seeing him something like this, just mm. as effective, um, with more of a light touch in the, um, in the actual story, in the way it's told, it was
1: very yeah. interesting. One of the criticisms of Green Book is that it portrays... Mahershala Ali's character, Robert Shirley, as this sort of uh, individual who was detached from his family and had nothing to do with his family and that he's this incredibly lonely figure despite his talents and successes. And members of his family have said, we weren't consulted for this film at all and that this is just, a, this is just a, a sequence of lies this film is telling and that it actually doesn't represent really anything about what he was like. Because I'm pretty sure one of the co-writers or co-producers of the film is Tony Lip's son. Yeah. So it's a film written from the the white character's perspective. Perspective. Which obviously stands in contrast to other films in this set of nominees that are clearly written from a non-white perspective and tell stories that we haven't seen previously. Arguably,
0: this is... And you know why that's a perfect Academy Award nominee? Because most of the Academy is white
1: but this so this it from their
0: perspective <laughs> this season Dom,
1: it does feel like you're starting to see that that clash between the old school hollywood nominated films of your green books and your bohemian rhapsodies and your old English charm of the favorite mm. although that the, the subject matter is probably not necessarily conventional not traditional yeah. Oscar stuff mm. against this this emerging um emerging cinema from um, minority communities. And and look, probably the fact that Moonlight was so successful has probably opened that up Mm -hmm. a bit more. Um, But I think you've got Black Panther, you've got Black Klansman, you've got Roma, which is about um, Alfonso Cuaron's experiences growing up in in Mexico and in Latin America. and So you've got this this literal clash of cultures now happening in terms of the kinds of films that are being recognised at the most elite
0: level Is there anything groundbreaking on this list in your opinion?
1: Um, I think Black Panther is a pretty significant film and and probably will be looked back in terms of
0: other than the fact that it's a superhero film that's now nominated yeah its sure picture, like it's the first superhero film nominated like why is it groundbreaking?
1: I guess because it's it's so maybe because it's so different to anything that had come before it in terms of that superhero. Genre. I guess we will only be able to see whether these kinds of films are groundbreaking in light of what comes after it. We it's hard to know whether something now will actually portend a change in um, a change in what is made. Mm. Probably, what would be the most groundbreaking thing would be if Roma won because it was on Netflix, mm. and that idea of a streaming-based film winning an Academy Award for Best Picture would be quite a quite a game changer, probably.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, mm. Like, Roma is obviously groundbreaking as well because it's the first foreign film... If it wins, it's the first completely foreign... Foreign, foreign language, language film yeah. um, to win the Best Picture award. Uh, a lot of talk that maybe it won't, though, because a lot of people are assuming it will win foreign language film, and it might. Yep, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. it's, it's nominated, you know, and Caron is nominated in so many other categories that he could walk away with a lot Yep. Um, on the night, but that could actually have affected a lot of people's voting, being like, oh, well, they're going to win all He's this. He's going to win world. some other stuff. Let's, let's, you know, give it to Green Book. Um, the, real, the real question, Dom, in
1: this season is because we don't have a clear, absolute front-runner because all of the different guilds have nominated or awarded their peak award to different films. Mm. So Green Book won the Producers Guild, Black Panther won the Screen Actors Guild, um, Coron won the Directors Guild Award for Roma, um, so there's no clear narrative in one film's direction, yeah. like we've seen in previous years. Yeah. Um, so I think some people are going in that context because it's the most conventional and safe. Yeah. That something like Green Book might end up winning. Yeah. Best picture. So,
0: yeah. Who do you think will win? Who do you think should win?
1: Um. Well, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the the crowd and say. Roma will win. Um, and I think that would be quite a significant moment. Um,
0: look, I'm still a sucker for A Star Is Born. I think it would have been... I think it would have been quite something. <laughs> yeah, did start. you think A Star Is Born would... Are you surprised by how... Yeah,
1: like, a bit surprised with how, how much it flamed out. Mm. Maybe because it was put on a bit too early and it sort of peaked a little bit too soon. Mm. Um, but it seemed to get... Maybe because it and the other musical-ish film in Bohemian Rhapsody, that sort of overtook it. Um, yeah, it really did. Surprisingly. And then me. that became the main talking point for a lot of the Oscar season, the, the controversy surrounding Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. That sort of took a Bryan star Singer as... Stuff. Yeah, all the Bryan Singer stuff and the way in which the film's actually made and the quality of the film itself and how authentic the story it is
0: yeah. that it's telling. Yeah. And, you know, there's been, you know, three or four Star is before, like... There's a there's a there's a lot going on there. I think that um Roma should win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Green Book does yep. win. You know? So long
1: as Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't win, that would be
0: Yeah, that would be a bit too much for me, yes. I think. Uh let's get into the best actress category. Now, this is an interesting one because throughout the season we've kind of had three women that have been, we've been watching. Yeah. We've been, have been in contention and those three women, so nominated is Glenn Close for The Wife, uh, Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, Olivia Colman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Which I didn't see.
1: And I have seen that one. How was it? And it's pretty good. Yep. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's good. It's not a, I don't think it's a great film by any... Sure. Stretch or But um, she's entertaining in her performance Okay How uh, and, and so is Richard E. Grant And I think he's nominated as well Yes So good on Melissa McCarthy for being nominated But I don't think she's uh, a contender by any stretch
0: Yeah Um So the hot favourite here seems to be Glenn Close Which I'm all about Yeah Because it's her seventh nomination And she absolutely It's unthinkable that she doesn't have an Oscar Yeah Yes uh, so I, I, it's a career Oscar, she really deserves it I But, think her, she's but I think her performance in
1: this film is brilliant Me too I think yeah. the film is a very good film
0: Yeah, I'm it's very upset that it didn't get much more More rough. recognition Not surprised, it is a pretty small release I guess yep. Especially in the scheme of yep. things with
1: Dom, as someone things. who has sort of worked in um, the creative industries In terms of actually creating and artistry and stuff like that how did that film resonate for you in terms of what it was saying about how you go about? Well, it had a lot it... of,
0: yeah, a lot of trigger points for me. Cause also like the relationship with the, um, the dad with Jonathan price and his son yep. and you know, yep. a lot of that, um, was very, very well portrayed, very well portrayed and very well written, you know, and Glenn had Glenn got this film made as well. Like she worked right. for a very yep. long time to try and get this film made so that as well needs to be taken into consideration you know it's just such a um a labor of love um and hard work and campaigning for a director and etc etc um but yeah absolutely it's um it it, it was enraging at times watching the fact that you just don't know who is behind such great work yeah and it can't you know, it's definitely present as a real story behind so many great male um, writers and creators of our time, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, they did that really, really, really well and it really has continued to stay with me through the whole season. And her performance is so layered. I think a lot of people would assume, you know, you think of like Fatal Attraction and... (laughs) All those films, which I haven't even seen. Yeah. And I already kind of know enough about what people's interpretation of Glenn Close must be. Yeah. And this is not one of those roles. No, she's
1: so measured in the way she goes about it. And she's so calm and composed in her... Yeah. And so it seems like... In her her... character in the
0: early stages of the film. And then that... Unfolds. The whole... Every layer unfolds. Yeah. Really elegantly, yeah. I thought. and probably the thing that sets
1: her apart from Olivia Colman, who's fantastic in The Favourite, is that, well, Glenn Close isn't competing against anyone else for our attention. Sure, in Jonathan Price yeah. mm. is her husband in the film and he's a known actor and he's a very good actor and performs well, but it's really Glenn Close's film. Yeah. Whereas in The Favourite, really, Glenn Close, Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone are all, all lead actresses Coleman. at... Yes, sorry, Olivia Colman, with... Um, Vice and Stone Uh, they're all leads at various points in the film they're all performing in and around each other and they each have their
0: own big scenes Yeah,
1: so it's harder to say yep one of them is the lead
0: and let's talk about Olivia Common because she seems to be Glenn Close's strongest competition for this award Um, and as you say yeah it's hard it's it's like you've got three leads in this film like it's almost disagreeable that she's um, nominated in the leading actress category, even though I kind of agree with it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a different kind of performance. It's a different kind of film. Uh, it's more of an ensemble. It's a very good piece. film. I think,
1: it's, I think it's a hilarious film.
0: Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Um, but at the same time, I don't um, think it's such a masterclass in acting as Glenn Close's performance is. No, performances. no, no. I agree completely. It's very natural. It's very, it's very different. They're just yes. so different yep. that it's just so hard to... Um, compare them, uh, but I would be very disappointed if Glenn Close didn't, Agreed. didn't win. And Agreed. I think um, she's the hot favourite. She yeah. should win. And I think she will win. I really hope she will win. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope, but I don't want to I don't jinx it. Ten I won't believe it when I see it. I won't believe it until I see the yeah. Oscar in her hand. Uh, let's move on to actor, best actor. And um, Rami Malek seems to be the hot favourite. The favorite. runaway favourite. Yeah, but that's changed. Run- it's, it's totally... It's totally come out It's taken the whole Kind of award season process To get to this point I think Yeah But he's
1: won He won the Golden Globe He won the uh, The SAG Award So And he's a young Up and coming actor He's known for his work On television um, So uh, It seems as though He's On the way to becoming One of the youngest Best actor winners Ever ever, Which is a significant Achievement I think it's a shame, though, because I don't think it's a great performance in and of itself. And that's in part because he's let down by the fact that he's not really telling Freddie Mercury's story in full. Yeah. Because the script is not written in a way that actually tells Uh, Freddie's story in full. Or the direction as such.
0: Yeah, I would give his performance a bit more credit than that. Um, But I would say that like the film does risk putting him into that but like it really it weighs the entirety of the film on his yeah. shoulders and it gives Freddie way too much time. Like it, yeah. it does, it does a disservice in some ways to Freddie's memory by not telling enough of his story, but also by kind of like over glamorizing parts of his story. Yep. Yeah. Um and again, like and, and, I draw attention and, to the fact that like, you know, he just walks out from a fight between yes, the side members it, and starts playing Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, like fully It trivialises
1: some of those things.
0: Yeah, exactly. It trivialises his genius yep. by overdoing it, but then underplays, you know, his... his humanity in- humanity. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. And so I think um, it risks kind of um, Rami's performance being a bit of a scene-chewing performance. Yep. And he could certainly do it with Freddie Mercury's teeth. Um, but- and
1: again, this might be a case of rather than best, most... This is the most acting
0: Yeah Because really that whole transformation that
1: thing That seems to be really popular yeah. In these acting awards I mean last year Gary Oldman wins For yeah. sitting in a makeup chair for hours <laughs> To play Winston Churchill
0: <laughs> And yell Yeah um, But with that said uh, Christian Bale is the, is the Gary Oldman of this year Yeah Like he would have He was my front runner um, Yeah I thought he was the front time runner as well That we did the show Now you're not a big fan of Vice uh, the movie, the movie, no. Um, the movie I thought it was. But the person,
1: Dick Cheney, you're
0: a big fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dick Cheney, his politics, his values. Very big fan. <laughs> I'll have it be known. Uh, yeah. So Christian Bale, I thought his performance was fantastic, but, um, it is very much a makeup chair. Yeah. Um, like that and- is a, such a huge part <laughs> of it. Uh, but I still thought that he would have won. To be yeah. honest, but he just hasn't. It goes to show how the campaign matters. Yes, because I just haven't heard that much about him. Yeah, uh, and he hasn't won. Rami's been sweeping the awards. Yeah. So, um, but he did thank Satan in his Golden Globe speech. He did. He did. <laughs> Maybe that was the tipping point.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a good moment
0: though. It felt it felt you know a bit pre-rehearsed, um, but it felt good. It sort of f- yeah was a bit like oh cool he's here he's a strong competitor. Yeah. Um, he's a heavyweight performer, he's already, already mm. got an Oscar um, and he's here to win again. You yeah. know? It felt like one of those and mm. it just he just hasn't popped up again. Yeah.
1: In and, the... and speaking of the impersonations in that film, Dom, it, it seems as though Vice seems to, like on reflection, just be a whole lot of impersonations stitched together. And uh, yeah. the, the NPR podcast put it as such that it's sort of this idea of um, it's like a sequence of SNL sketches stuck together.
0: I would probably disagree with that. Um, I think that Amy Adams and Christian Bale do a fantastic mm. job of, um, acting rather than impersonating. Yeah. Uh, but Steve Carell, like whatever he was doing, <laughs> it's the first time I've seen him in a, in a role, you know, outside of, you know, comedy Yeah. Um, or a or, or straight comedy, yep. is, you know, where rather did, than a satire, it, it did feel like a, um, I don't know. It did feel not quite right. That's yeah. the Donald Rumsfeld that we know—it felt a bit too too much. It felt like yeah. an impersonation, yeah, and an, imp- an SNL impersonation in the sense of like accentuating particular the things we know, yeah, particular things about that character, and so it, it felt like it felt like parody, yeah. Um, right. So, but the person Bradley, who should have won, yes, yes. Hello, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I thought he would be much more of a competitor in this category
1: in terms of genuine acting. The, and not, no impersonation, no um, adopting a character.
0: The fact that the, the, he did what he did, I think is... Is that genuine acting or is <laughs> that genuine being? Yeah. <laughs> I think we could have a big True. debate over what act- what, what, is, what is acting? What go- is acting?
1: Yeah, next week. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be disappointed any time A Star Is Born is nominated for something that it doesn't then
0: win. That's crazy. He, I think, um, you know, Rami has done a great job of unfolding his campaign as well. Like he waited as long as he could to say anything about Brian Singer. Yeah. And then, you know, when that Atlantic article came out, he finally It was pretty, did. pretty devastating, wasn't it? Um, but he didn't even say that much to be quite honest, but it was just enough to kind of keep him in the conversation. Yeah. Make him look like the hero of the production really. Yep. And you know, I think it might win him an Academy mm. Award. Um... But uh yeah, I would say in this case I would be saying that Christian Bale should win for vice, but it looks like Rami Malek's going yep. to win and I think Bradley Cooper. It's just so sad to see him flame out. Yeah. Cuz he didn't get nominated for director which yep. we will talk about. But um you would have think you would have thought like he'd switch into which I think he kind of tried to in best actor promotion. Yeah, right. campaigning territory, you know, appearing with Gaga at the Grammys or something. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, at one of her live shows, yes. it felt like he was trying just to, trying to build a bit the, more buzz and, um, it just, well, no, like, he
1: appears with Gaga and the Grammys just in the film in that really uncomfortable scene uh, <laughs> in the film.
0: Okay. Well, it seems to have not really produced the result that he wants, uh, but so, they're
1: performing tomorrow
0: in the Oscars. So there you go. that'll
1: add 10 million viewers just like that. Just like that. Yeah.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, supporting actress. So it seems like Regina King is gonna walk away yeah. with this one, but um, if not her, like who who else?
1: Well, I think the the problem for the favorite is that Emma Stone and Rachel Vice are probably gonna cancel, cancel, each, cancel each other, each other out a little bit. Um, of the two in the favorite, I think Rachel Vice's performance is probably marginally better. Yeah, because she goes through a lot more. Changes in terms of her the status of her character over the course of the film. She's flying high, and then she's in the, the depths, and then she's playing the renegade
0: trying to get back in the fold. And I think that's... Yeah, and she really is almost the lead yeah. of the film. let's be honest. Because the narrative really does sort of centre around her. And, um, yeah, so I think... Um, yeah, I think... I think I'm kind of with you there. Like she, she probably deserved to win. But al- although I haven't, I have not seen *If Bill Street Could Talk*. Well, it's only
1: just come out, right? Like a week or so ago. I'm sure it's fantastic. Um, well, directed by Barry Jenkins, his follow up to *Moonlight*.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting.
1: But there will come a day when Adi- Amy Adams wins an Oscar, Absolutely, and that would be I a think great We can day. all
0: agree on that. Yeah, uh, if she could have won an Oscar for. Um, Sharp objects. Apparently, she would have. Yeah, right. Um, let's move on to supporting actor. Right. So we've got Mahershala Ali, Adam for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell for Vice. Now, Sam Rockwell won last year.
1: Yep. And he plays a good bush. I think he's played he one of the better very bushes. Good. Um, yeah. It's very good, in actually. terms of actors who've played bush. Since the presidency. Sam
0: Elliott sort of mumbles his way through A Star Is Born, yep. but he really made me cry.
1: Yes, his his performance is quite it. affecting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah,
0: it's um, quiet, it's subtle, but it, it is... And um, just
1: adds another layer to that film that just reinforces how good it is.
0: Yeah, and um, look, Adam Driver will win an Oscar one day, I'm yep. sure. Um, it's just not his time.
1: No, it's not his best work because he's not the main focal point of the film.
0: No and I don't think it would be a good look um, for a white person to win like you know I don't think the performance is necessarily worthy of a win this time around but also yeah. I don't think it would be a very good look yeah. um, for him to win. In Star Wars episode 9 win. he'll win <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of it I'm sure of it if it but gets I will, any more populist.
1: <laughs> I, I will put a hand up and say Richard E Grant does a spectacular job in Can You Ever Forgive Me and that, he plays the perfect supporting role in terms of whenever he's in the scene, it, you are drawn to what he is doing on the scene. He plays Melissa McCarthy's sidekick as they get up to these hijinks um, in terms of what they're doing in the film, fraudulently uh, manipulating old documents and letters to try and make money. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a fun film, uh, and he's a great part of it. Yeah. Um, and the journey, again, that he goes on over the course of the film is quite... Quite something, and he's the kind of personality that I'm sure would have been very effective on the Oscars campaign
0: trail. Yeah, and I think he might win. So you reckon he's gonna pip Mahershala? It's possible. So I think um, Mahershala uh, should win and probably will win. Yep. but if there's anyone else, um, it could be Richard E. Grant, um, mostly Great. because he's had such a resurgence with this role, you know, he's been around for a really long time, but I think American audiences and a whole new generation of audiences in general, um, with this film and, you know, would have been like, who is, oh, hello, who is Mm. this guy? And even if he doesn't win, I think it will do fantastic things uh, for his career from, from now onward. Um, and the Academy do love like a, um, an older British actor, Occasionally winning in this yes. category. Yeah, it's a very Charming, British thing. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be too surprised. Uh, but I, do, I will say that Mahershala Ali is fantastic. He is fantastic. And I would love to see him win again. Um, director. So with nominators is Alfonso Caron for Roma. Yorgos Lanthimos for the favourite. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Famously, has never won a competitive Oscar. Adam McKay for Vice and Powell Palakowski for Cold War, which I haven't seen.
1: Now, Dom, what do you think has. Why do you think Karan has been such a runaway favourite in this category?
0: Uh, So I think it's because uh, Roma is so personal. Uh, It's a perspective... You know, he wrote it, he directed it. He's the cinematographer for it as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, He's so respected already. You know, he's already won an Oscar before. But I think this is a... um, Using your platform, using your uh, art to do something very personal, very vulnerable and very significant for a group of people that don't get enough representation um, in, you know... At the Academy Awards, generally, um, and it just would be such a big deal for a again the director of a foreign language film yep. to win in a category like this. Uh, so I think it's significant in that way. Um, and as I said when we reviewed Roma, it's like a Fellini film. Like it, it really is kind of like watching, yeah, this uh, a culture of people live out a vignette storyline that's very personal, very naturalistic it almost seems like a documentary at times yep. um, done in a way and packaged in a way that we don't often see that culture yep. um, in film be packaged as it's usually very cliche um, and it's usually through the perspective of you know what white people have, um, have deemed it to be so I think that that's probably why um, and it seems like he, he will probably win Um, I think significantly in this category um, Significantly or insignificantly If you'd like to look at it um, One what guy that's missing from this category Is Bradley Cooper Our boy Brad And I think that's the big upset him. Yeah I think he was really hoping and betting That he would be nominated for Best Director
1: And I think Palakowski's nomination for Cold War Was probably the curveball That um, That uh, Knocked out Cooper, Coops, um, but from all accounts, Cold War is a quite a remarkable film as well, and I mean, all yeah. of these films are, are quite remarkable in their own way, either yeah. from a stylistic perspective or from the story that it's telling. Um, and I mean, it will be a good moment for Spike Lee to be recognised, even just through the nomination.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't think he'll win, um, and I don't think he necessarily should win. I'm just looking at it as from a directing film. perspective. Yeah, I think um, it, um, it's a very important film and people have seen it. It's out there. It's been nominated um, and all of that. But I think in this case, um, he, will do, he will do something mm. like that. It might pick up And he should have won I before, I guess. That's yeah. The, that's the point. Mm. Um, he, but he can win a career Oscar for another film, <laughs> yeah. I think, and I hope. Um, but we think Caron's got it in the bag and he deserves it. I think so. And to be quite honest with you, I don't think Adam McKay should be up here for Vice. I'll just put it out there. Yeah.
1: I think the yeah, the way Vice is made, I still think, I still feel like Vice is best encapsulated as being a messy film.
0: Very messy. There's a lot going on. Very messy with not enough time, but still too long. Like I'm not yep. trying to get far enough into what is, you know, a 40 year career of a man. Yeah. Of a very significant man. And it just doesn't quite get there. Yeah. Me. Um, documentaries. I haven't really seen any of these. So let's
1: I've ahead. seen a couple. Yeah. Uh, the RBG documentary, which is very much just his Ruth Bader Ginsburg's life story. Um, and let's hope she stays alive for a democratic president to replace her. Um, yeah. but free solo. I saw a couple of weeks ago about, um, the experience of a rock climber, literally climbing without anything, um, supporting him all the way up El Capitan at, uh, Yosemite national park. Wow. And it is thrilling. It is a thrilling film. Um, and out of the documentaries that I've seen in this list, I would hope that Free Solo would win. Right. But I've only seen the first two.
0: Okay. Let's have a look at original screenplay. Nominated is The Favourite. First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Yeah. Now, The Favourite
1: deserves recognition somewhere, and it's probably going to be in a category like this. Like, the, the, the dialogue is brilliant, and the... the yep wordplay between the characters and you've got this love triangle uh, and they the the dialogue between each of those pairs of characters at times in the film is quite remarkable. But then also their interactions with other members of the royal court. I mean, that great bit where Olivia Common tells the page boy to look at me, look at me. Mm. How dare you look at me?
0: Just yeah, little,
1: yeah. little bits like that which are just genuinely... Hilarious!
0: Or she pokes her head out the window when the band is playing yes. in the courtyard. She's like, "Shut up! Yes, <laughs> shut up!" <laughs> yes, I think I agree with you. I think it'll be recognised here. Um, and nice to see First Reformed get a nomination mm-hmm. there. It's good. Auteur kind of they like to generally award auteurs that they don't really want to award full kind of best picture prizes or best director prizes to um, in the screenplay category, yep. like Spike John's and etc. cetera. Um, First Reformed, nice to see it get nominated because I doubt, um, you know, it's a small release and it was a small film. Yeah. Very depressing and all of that. Um, so it never be a populist film. Um, adapted screenplay. Now here is where I think Black Klansmen will actually get Awarded and Spike Lee, who is among yep. many writers for it, will, will get an Oscar of some kind.
1: And it tells the story very well, and it, it's quite um, like the intensity of the story at times, in terms of how they craft this narrative and um, how they bring you into that world. I think is is very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, it's sort of symbiotic with the with Spike Lee's direction. Yep. But yep. the the quality of the script in and of itself to take this seemingly crazy story. Mm. that on the face of it you go how did this ever happen but to put it to paper and make it an actual script that could work so well on screen yeah I think definitely would merit academy recognition
0: yeah and it was just, it was a really fun film like it was it was kind mm. of fun meaningful it had like the great moments of mixing comedic dialogue yes. and a comedic kind of situation but really not. Underplaying the danger Yeah exactly Like you feel It feels very
1: ominous At times doesn't it Yeah
0: and And what it And what it says About society as a whole It really did Quite a good job Kind of Putting that in there Um, Let's move on To the animated Feature category
1: Now I know One of our crowd members
0: Matthew Cox Is a
1: huge
0: fan Of Spider-Man I didn't get to it. see it and I really wanted to see it because people were kind of in disbelief after, you know, and you've got some great nominees here. This is a very strong category mm. this year. You've got Incredibles 2, which I saw, which was fantastic. Which is great, yes. Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I didn't see. I was a big I fan heard, of Ralph yeah, Breaks the Internet. Yeah, really good yeah. things about it. So that's good. Isle of Dogs was good as well, you know, like, uh, and then Spider-Verse just seems to be like such a, a sneak up favorite. But yeah. it was... It's been a long time, I think, since people have been wowed by this kind by by the animation category, like yeah, they've done something different. You know, that's not you know because Pixar is such perfection. But um, I don't think it reflects a good thing different.
1: that animation is no longer just the exclusive domain of Pixar.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And just Disney in general. Yeah, know, if it isn't a straight Pixar. And I mean,
1: film. you see, I mean, Pixar's film this year is a sequel. Yeah, so it's not a new Pixar
0: film. Yeah, and you know, the Disney film is a sequel as well. Mm. It's very, it's very interesting. So it seems like, mm. um, it's paid off and the passion for, um, Spider-Man into the spider verse will be rewarded. Yep. I just like, I'm sad that I didn't get to see it, <laughs> before, um, before it will be awarded. So it seems like that will win and should win. Uh, now foreign language film, we've got nominated Roma, uh, from Mexico, Kapanum from Lebanon, Cold War from Poland, Never Look Away from Germany, and Shoplifters from Japan.
1: And I will say, Dom, I saw Shoplifters in January and I think it's one of the best films of the year. Yeah. That was I've heard really good. It's a about remarkable them. film and it tells this incredible story about this, this group of Japanese people that uh, have come together to form this family and sort of just get by, literally, as the title says, Shoplifting and right. um, scrimping and, and pinching their way grimping and saving, exactly and, and um, uh, just trying to get by mm. and the way and the brilliance of Shoplifters as a film is its ability to plant a seed in the first 10 minutes that then reveals itself in the um, back end of the second hour mm-hmm. and it's devastating when that happens and these little things that are layered throughout the film is quite remarkable and it, I think it has one of my favourite shots from um, from the Oscar season in terms of a, a single still within the film mm-hmm. where this very poor family in a big Japanese city there are fireworks going off in the air and you can hear them above above them and they, they rush outside to look at them but the camera never shows us the fireworks it just looks at this family sort of pe- poking its head out from literally outside the shed as we are right now mm-hmm. um, and looking up seeing these fireworks and sort of seeing... That better life above them, but we can't see it because we're just wow. in this world with them. I just thought it was a brilliant a yeah. brilliant um, image that that said so much about the film and and I think every aspect of the film is brilliant. and whilst it may not be able to rival Roma in terms of competitiveness, I would urge um, anyone to to go see it. I think it was the Palm Dor winner in Cannes,
0: so yeah. Um, um, it's obviously been recognised, which is great, but I think it's a remarkable film. Interesting. I think this is actually a more interesting category uh, this year than uh, it's getting credit for. There's an assumption again. There's an assumption that Rome was going to win a few yep. awards here, and that very assumption could work against it. Uh, but they and- offered, they award a different film here. Exactly. Like, and this is where the risk could come in because if Roma doesn't win Best Picture, and people have assumed that you know it's it was going, going to. to win cinematography, it's going to win this, going to win that, uh, it could end up being that Roma either wins everything, or not much at all, including you know foreign language film <laughs> and Best Picture and Best Picture <laughs> does the double, uh, or nothing. Yeah. Except maybe direction. Yep. For Caron. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in all those categories, but particularly it'll be interesting to see what happens here during this part of the ceremony because it might foretell what might happen yeah. later. You know, it could win foreign language film and not best picture. Yes, because they think that how it's many permutations sweep have we got it. going on here. It could not. You know, Cold War could win this category, and um, assuming that Roma will win best yeah. picture. Yeah, like it could all kind of crumble. Yeah. With these categories. So I think it's going to be interesting yep. to... A more interesting category mm, to One to watch on Oscars night. Mm-hmm. Uh, film editing. Uh, we've got Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Klansman, The Favourite, Green Book, and Vice. Uh, Vice, I think, was a victim of its editing, unfortunately. There was too much of it. <laughs> there was too much of it. Like, it needed to be there, obviously, because that's what... You know, similar it's to what the they did the in film. the big short... You know, editing was such a big part of it. Editing is its own kind of character in this film, but it was too jarring, and it was there's too much to cover yep. in this film, and it just, I think the editing was, you know, partly a fault. Yep. in This film, so I don't agree with its nomination here. To be quite honest, uh, I couldn't tell you what was notable about
1: Green Book's editing. Yeah, neither. You know, you got some montage. Maybe that's
0: why it's notable, because you didn't even notice anything. Um, but Bohemian Rhapsody is also horrendously <laughs> edited yeah. film, and it's tipped to win. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean,
1: it just reflects the maybe some of the maybe this is one of the problems with the Oscar season this year is that we just don't have that unifying film that we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting that Roma is not
0: fucking live shots. That they, <laughs> those live concerts that they yeah. spent way too much time playing bits of.
1: And I mean, the, the, as the New York Times article that we've talked a bit about today references, it says that, well, is this almost a sympathy award for salvaging the film from the smouldering wreck that was Brian Singer's
0: stint as director? Um, I don't think you need to show any Brian sympathy. Uh... Sort of sympathy, like I know what you're saying. um, You know, sympathy for the editor to kind of rescue this film after he was fired, but um, he's still going to make a lot. He's still making a lot of money. Yeah.
1: Well, it's that classic case of like, do you award it because of the degree of difficulty or the execution itself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Cinematography. I think I'll be
1: disappointed with anything Bohemian Rhapsody wins an award for. (laughs) Or frustrated, I say frustrated. Yeah. I want to go. I want to have an Oscars year where I don't get frustrated.
0: Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when that happens. Uh, all right. Cinematography. I think this is a Roma I runaway so. train. And I think it absolutely deserves it. Like looking at Roma, it is shot unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yep. Almost like a HD Fellini film. Like it's so beautifully shot and yep. so stunning. And it, yet it's presenting this particular town that, you know, isn't yep. glamorous at all. Um, so I think... Um, and anything in black and white, I mean. I know, I know. I oh, know, but like it can so easily be kind of like, oh, it's just a black and white film. Yes, this, something about it stands out. Mm. Um, Nominator here is Roma, Cold War, which is also in black and white. The favourite, Never Look Away and A Star Is Born. And See, I like the
1: favourite cinematography, that sort of fisheye lens that sort of gave you like you're sort of hiding in the corner of a room watching these characters talk it out. Yeah. And that cinematography was very effective in showing you the whole extent of the lavishness of this royal court that they're in.
0: Yeah, and just with like the, the the dim lighting, yes, the darkness the... of it, it gave you a real sense of um, possibly what it would be like there. Yeah, absolutely. Um in that in that time, um, with no electricity, etc mm. But Rome has got to win
1: some awards, so this is probably one that it's guaranteed <laughs> to
0: yep. to do so. And that's Caron. Uh, production Design, The Favourite Black Panther, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns And Roma uh, The New York Times have The Favourite as winning this category Do you agree with that? And First Man, very notably And Mary Poppins finally, Returns Finally First, First Man gets is. a
1: Guernsey it's, I mean, that, again, it seems like the Almost one of the defining features of this season Is big films early on in the season Flaming out Yeah. Uh, early on yeah. I mean, we talked about First Man back in October. Yeah. And we thought it was going to be a bit of a contender because we thought it was a pretty good film.
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, yeah, I'm kind of surprised yeah. by how um, disregarded it's yeah. been. It did make a lot of money is one of the big things yeah. to note as well. Um, um, but the favourite... Well, the favourite is lavish and indulgent and it's British. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's using real, like real... Sets and yeah.
1: things, but in terms of building a world, which is often what production design is about, in terms of creating that that um, scene. Yeah, I mean, the,
0: what they do in Black Panther is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if it's gonna win anything, it seems to be either this or costume design, mm. and. Um, I would put the British film in costume design And I would put the, you know, Black Panther in Production design, design. yep, I'd be happy with that So I wouldn't be surprised if Black Panther takes this one And I feel like it maybe should Yeah Uh, Visual effects, First Man, Avengers, Infinity War Christopher Robin, haven't seen that Ready Player One, haven't seen that Solo, a Star Wars story Which didn't seem to be as well received as some of the other It was not well received At all um but yeah, I mean some with of the aspects Star Wars nice. saturation point. Mm, yeah, apparently. I just don't think that there was a lot to a lot of story to tell with um <laughs> Han Solo. Uh, even though he's a beloved character. Um now they've got New York Times have tipped First Man as winning this one. Um I would do I would agree with that. I'd be happy I with it. I mean, you do feel like
1: you're on the moon when yeah. They're on the moon and...
0: Yeah. And just the fact that they were able to show visual effects but still very much keep you in that world of the 60s.
1: Yeah, you did still feel like you are in the 1960s. It felt very authentic, so... And that- I mean, the way they portray some of those disaster scenes in terms of when things are going wrong yeah. in space or on the ground in terms of the Apollo 1 fire, yeah, I think that, that is a very effective part of the film. Yeah, yeah. I still, I'd be happy for
0: First Man to win this one. That still shakes me up. Original score we've got Black Klansman, Black Panther, If Bill Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, apparently, according to New York Times, Black Klansman is in with a pretty good um, chance, and we don't really have that sort of classical kind of compositional
1: kind of film here, like the Shape of Water one. Previously. Mary Poppins
0: Returns is. Pretty, I guess so. Yeah. Pretty kind of old school musical. Yeah. Film. Score, um, but Black Clans Klansman has that great mix of like that seventies cop show. Yes, music like yeah, and I think this it is...
1: creates that mood and feel that you know of, but you then actually get put in it.
0: Yeah, it's telling a really serious story, but it's kind of at times almost like a funny, quirky seventies cop show. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, I think Black Panther did quite a good job with the score as well, actually. So yeah, I would again in creating that that again. I wouldn't be surprised if that, um, again, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if some of these wards go to Black Panther, like production design, costume, original score, and maybe lead up to a best picture, a little sneaky best picture win, uh, original song. I mean. So sorry. we got Shallow, A Star Is Born, All The Stars, Black Panther, which is by Kendrick Lamar, isn't it? Um, all Fight, I'll Fight, sorry, RBG, The Place Where Lost Things Go, Mary Poppins Returns. That's, is that Mary Streep's song? No. No, not. Um, and when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I haven't seen, it's been a while since a song
1: has been at the centerpiece of like one of the great moments in film. I know. I, I, think I generally it think go that was that,
0: really the last.
1: Yeah.
0: Huge one.
1: But the that moment when Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are singing "Shallow" is. Absolutely exhilarating. It is an mm. incredible moment in that film. And, and it's
0: such a turning point of the story. It doesn't feel like one of those songs, like the Kendrick Lamar one, that mm. they just kind of like dropped in there. Um, it, it is part of the story. Uh, so I think... And they've got to win something. Yeah, surely. A Star is Born needs to win something. And if not this, they'll they'll give it to them because yeah. they want a Lady Gaga speech for something. And they're probably not going to To get, get those extra millions of... Viewers tuning in exactly, and this will be a high point of the broadcast. Yes, as we've said, um, and then we move into some of the more technical awards: sound mixing. Uh, we've got Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther, First Man, Roma, A Star Is Born. Seems like Seems like Bohemian Rhapsody. Bo-rap. I would actually give it to Bohemian this Rhapsody one? here. Yeah. Also, oh, those concert scenes, they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty. good. It's the concert scenes. It's the fact that um, you know it's a mix of Freddie Mercury's voice with um, some Canadian guy who does a really <laughs> good impression of Freddie Mercury. It's very fascinating. <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, sound editing, Bohemian Rhapsody, as well. So and sound editing is about the
1: creation of sound, whereas mixing is about the bringing it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something like First Man would be a would be a good shout here.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. Yep, yep, yep. We've the explosions got also nominated First Man, A Quiet Place, Black Panther, Roma, A Quiet Place. Mm. Any nomination I've seen of it. Uh, costume design. The favorite is nominated. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. First and the costumes in Black Panther are awesome. They are, and I wouldn't be surprised if it actually wins. This, although you know we do like to nominate, yeah, period pieces, uh, and that, and apparently these were horrible to wear. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the favorite wins. um, But I feel like Black Panther could definitely be recognised here. Um, And let's move on to the Vice Award, (laughs) the Gary Oldman Award, Uh, makeup and hairstyling. Vice is nominated. Border and Mary Queen of Scots. And Vice is the only big. Best Picture Contender out of this list, so you'd have yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're going to give it something, so I feel like it will definitely walk mm. away with this award, and it probably should. Uh, and then we move into the Animated Short category. Bow. I've only Bow. seen Bow,
1: which was before The Incredibles 2. Yep, and
0: it seems good enough to me. Uh, live Action Short. It seems like Skin will win. Apparently a lot of the Live Action Shorts are about... Um, <laughs> About kids all oh, right, okay. Murdering people And eating people And stuff it's Not quite great um, Documentary short Seems to be uh, The likely winner Is period End of sentence And that does it For the nominees That does it For our predictions So What are you Most excited to see? What am I excited for? I think
1: I go into The Oscars night More trepidatious about Mm-hmm. Things that I don't want to win. Mm-hmm. Winning? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited to I'm excited to see... I, I, I think it'd be pretty cool seeing what La- a Lady Gaga Oscars acceptance speech is going to be like. I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited for Glenn Close.
0: Yeah, I think Glenn Close, and I don't want to jinx it, I'm still... I won't believe it until I see that Oscar yeah. in her hand. But um, I, I think that... I'm, I'm excited and I very much want to see a Glenn Close win and a Glenn Close speech. Yep. Yeah. And hopefully Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't win too many awards. <laughs> I know. We've gotten to this. Who would have thought at the start of this season um, and, and when we reviewed Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody that we'd be here just assuming that it's going to win Best Actor and a few other mm. awards. Crazy. Crazy. That's the kind of season it's been though. It certainly has A few bumps been in the road, plenty
1: of controversies along the way,
0: and not that many uh, episodes of cinema. Crowd. <laughs> Having said all of that, Chris, thank you so much. My for pleasure. being Here for the ride again, and thank you year. for
1: uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about films and um, uh, argue about them and complain <laughs> about them and. Um, Yes, and and have these discussions. I think it makes watching the movies more enjoyable when you know you're going to talk about them.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I'd like to thank the Academy as well for (laughs) putting on the awards every year. Uh, We'll see you again soon, hopefully, Chris. Hopefully. Have a great rest of the year. And I hope to see you again soon as well. Thank you so much for listening to the show and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.